Welcome to Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Sees. We have the conversations leaders want to have so they can win at leadership. Now, on to our show. Welcome to another episode of Leadership Conversations. Uh, my name is Josh, and I am joined, uh, as always, by my co-host, Casey Cease. How's it going, Casey? Hey, Josh. How are you doing, brother? Good, man. How are you uh, surviving the uh, pandemic so far? You, uh, man, you I'm, went on vacation. I'm, How was that? No, you're yeah, I, was, I wore my mask, and uh, yeah, I mean, we went, we, we went to the beautiful beach of Galveston, Texas, and uh, got a condo on the seawall. What's that? You it's a golf, it a but yeah, we call it a beach. It's a beach. Call it a beach. Hurricanes come through there, so we call it a beach. True. If you, true. If you go through, if you go through a hurricane, yeah. that you know, and we're in Texas, we do everything bigger, and we call stuff true. what we want to call it, just like former President George W. So yep. we just make things words up if we don't fit. So yeah, it's a beach. It there's water s- slowly coming onto sand and uh, sharks. So we'll call it that. Uh, yeah, so went went there and uh, had a good time. It was a working retreat. Stephanie and I took a couple of days, and then we brought our girls down for a day and a half or so, and social distance at the swimming pool at the condo, and then you know walked around. And so yeah, I'm still able to get out. It was just nice to go isolate somewhere else and social yeah. distance somewhere else. So it was good. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, today we are going to talk about uh, leadership lessons. And recently, I was uh, with a church planter, and he's getting ready to launch, and he asked me. He said, what is one thing you know today that you wished you would have known when you started out? And so, you know, I had to think for a second. I had to kind of step back and kind of think of all the things that I know today that I didn't know, you know, 10, 11 years ago when I started. And so we thought it'd be good just to talk about a couple of things, looking back, starting companies, starting churches, um, you know, if you start something, you end up with a lot of scars along the way. And so we just wanted to share a couple of things that we know today um, that it would have been so helpful to know then. And I'm sure if you've started something, you can probably think of a few things. And most of those lessons come from uh, hard lessons. Uh, It's rarely successes that those lessons come from. And so, Casey, if you were sitting there and this guy asked you that and he said, you know, you're starting a company today or starting a church, um, what's one thing you wished you would have known? 10 years ago uh, that you know today? One thing. <laughs> or two well, things. <laughs> you know, how long do we have here, Josh? Uh, <laughs> uh, I would have told myself, you know, because 10 years ago, uh, at the time of this recording, I was eyeball deep in core group development for a church plant. Mm-hmm. And it would be a month later that the primary core team, this chunk of people I had that, that came from a closing down church, it was in August of 2010, they all decided that they didn't want to be a part of another church plant. They wanted to go to another established church plant um, or it was a a church plant, but it was established church. And so they decided they wanted to leave. And so I had to really regroup. Um, I I would say uh, there's two things I would primarily say to, to someone who's just starting out. You really don't know what you don't know and that's okay, but be open to learning what you don't know right? My challenge as a, a three on the Enneagram identifying strongly there is I'm pretty certain about things. And yeah. so I, you know, I, I, what I didn't know I made up sometimes when I should have said, I don't know. And that's okay to say, yeah. um, that would be probably the primary one. The second thing is, um, they're not your people, they're God's people. So mm-hmm. hold them loosely. Right. Uh, and if you're really planning God's church, it's not your church, it's God's church. And so you're, 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 
relax a little bit on yourself. People are going to, especially early on in a church plan, man, people are going to love you and hate you in a moment. You're going to pay the daddy tax time and time again. Um, and, and so I think, and sometimes you just attract some weirdos. So you just yeah. have to, you know, I mean, you, you have to learn and hear me learn. Like when Paul said he learned to be content, you have to learn to be patient with yourself and with people and realize your ideals may not be realized for quite some time. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I remember taking a counseling class in seminary and the professor made this one comment. I don't remember anything else that he said in this class, but he made this one comment. He said that when you are a pastor, uh, when people get angry at you, typically they're not angry at you. They're angry at some other authority figure in their life, you know, a boss, a spouse, a parent, um, but they can't do anything about it. So right, they take right. their anger and frustration out on the next closest authority figure, which tends to be a pastor. Well, I wish and, I would have been in that class because that would have <laughs> saved me. That would have saved me some heartache. That's for sure. No, and I, I definitely, I, I say daddy tax. I mean, um, and I'm not saying that sounds condescending. I don't mean it that way, but it's, you know, a lot of people, yeah. in that place of authority, um, you know, you're, you're the, you're the one that's supposed to forgive them. You're the one that's supposed to take it. You're an easy target. And most people don't know what's going on in their own soul. Yeah. And so they, they've got to grab to what they know and justify it somehow. And you're a piece of trash when quite honestly, you may be to an extent, but you're, you're latching onto a big chain that you're just a part of. Yeah. And, and you're just the easiest one to get the brunt. Yeah. And I know recently I've really learned, you know, what you were talking about with, you know, saying you don't know is that, um, a delayed answer is often better than the wrong answer. Yeah. You know, and looking back, I, you know, going with decisions, it's amazing how many decisions I just rushed, you know, just to make a decision or just to think, well, I don't want to miss this opportunity. You know, I don't want to get passed by, um, you know, I, we're moving, we're going somewhere kind of a thing. And it, it's okay to have some patience with that. Um, you know, it's amazing to me, the things that, that kept me awake at 29 that I look back and I think, what in the world was I <laughs> so upset about, Right. you know, but the one thing I told the guys as we were sitting there and I, I told him, I said, I wish I would have understood the difference in seasons. Um, you, you know, for me over the last five years has really just brought a lot of just learning about the seasons, not only in life, you know, but but to really understand the seasons of fall, winter, spring, and summer and how they play out in ministry and leadership. Um, you know, if you are, if you start something, you're a hard charging entrepreneur, like you, your life is all about going up and to the right. It's about optimization. It's about how productive can you be? Um, but so much happens in the seasons where it seems like nothing is happening. And in our heads, and if you're if you're a pastor, then then you know this because Jesus has a parable about you know the dirt sitting there and what happens when the dirt is there, and so you know this in your head, but but you really don't live this out. You know that when it seems like nothing is going on in your church or in your business, there might actually be something going on that you just can't see, and that to me, if there's one thing that I could go back and tell you know 29 year old Josh when it doesn't seem like something's happening, something really great might be going on. Um, and, and be a little bit more attentive to the seasons where things rest. Be more attentive to the season of rest for your own soul, for your leadership. You know, how does your church catch its breath? 
Um, you know, recently I was talking to somebody who had been part of our church plant and, you know, I just, I, I just asked them, I said, you know, what, what's something you wish that I would have known 10 years ago? And she said, I wish that you would have just given everybody a chance to catch up to you, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, that's, that goes a, that's a good that. word, dude. <laughs> you know, and Holy she was, cow, you're happening and, on people. Like yeah. I, I, in looking back on myself, I, I saw that a lot as well, where I was happening on people. Like I'd sorted out my convictions when it comes to election and mm -hmm. predestination and all of those, those kind of deeper weighty things. And it wasn't just reading articles, writing papers and thinking through that. But quite honestly, that, that wasn't where people were, their soul, that's not what their souls necessarily needed in that moment. No. And, but I, I, I knew what I only, I knew. And, yeah. and um, you know, and I think walking through those things, um, it, it really is important for you to, yeah, I mean, golly, that's great. I wish you would let people catch up with you. Yeah, that's key, man. You know, and I think now, I mean, that's caused me to ask, you know, how much space do I give people to process stuff? You know, how fast am I moving on to the next thing? Um, you know, especially if you are, if you're somebody that is constantly looking for new ideas or energized by new ideas, you know, you can, you can bring whiplash to your staff you know, if they think, well, wait a minute, I, I thought we were doing this thing, you know, now we're, wait, we're already onto this other thing now. Um, and, and as leaders too often, we just, we're just on to the next thing because it's exciting. You know, it's like that new, that new toy, you know, we have to go get. No, I mean, bro. I mean, and, and I think the thing about seasons we got to remember is, you know, the ideas of one person sows a seed and other waters it, but ultimately God brings the harvest. And thank the Lord we get to be in, involved in, in participating in what God's doing in the harvest. But um, I remember when I was a kid, we, we planted a garden in our backyard. My dad got this wild hair and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to plant a garden. My mom wanted to do it. And so we started planting all sorts of seeds. And I remember the chives grew so quick, but, you know, other things took forever. And I remember like, I mean, it was painful, right? Like waiting for something to come up. Is it going to come up? And yeah but not overwatering and letting the sun do its work. And, 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 and it really was a good visual lesson that, Hey, things that are hardy and worth having usually take some time. Yeah. Um, and some require more attention than others. And I think, I, I mean, I, I don't know, Josh, and, and this may be something that, that just kind of resonates more with me, but <clears throat> I know early on, um, we had to build something that was seeming to work in order to justify our existence. It seemed like sure. as a church and to make a living and everything else. <clears throat> but that that's almost counterintuitive to actually the, the slow necessary growth. And especially the context where I was, was, was upperly mobile people. Mm. Um, you know, there's more affluence, there was more achievement, there was more drive. And so there, there was, it, there was a felt pressure of, of being able to deliver quickly and provide and to be similar and, you know, to, to, to challenge the, the idol of comfort and ease. Um, yeah. so it, it was, you know, but, but not knowing what I didn't know is it, I almost felt, I mean, there's that imposter syndrome, right? Where we're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah. People are looking well, at me like wanting to, to do it. Yeah. Like do people, I feel like, especially as a church planter, you think that everybody in your church cares as much as you do and is thinking about your church plan as much as you do. And the reality is they are not. Nope. <laughs> and, you know, you spend, you're spending your entire life thinking about this church plan all week. You're laying in bed at night, fretting over it, 
uh, which you should because you're the one that, that God has called to start it. But the rest of your people aren't. Right. You know, and so I wonder if sometimes, you know, in our effort, because I, I, I totally resonate with that pressure of, you know, wanting to show something, you know, I got to be able to make a video to send to my donors, you know, to my sending church and that kind of stuff. But I wonder if in that pressure, it, you know, we are adding pressure that probably doesn't need to be there. Right. You know, and, and one of the things that we started to do over the years then was we started to look at our church calendar and just kind of the schedule of the year and, and really place in, okay, when are we not only going to rest, you know, like as leaders, but when are we going to plan? When do we evaluate? Right. Uh, most, most teams in a church do not have seasons where they evaluate how they're doing. Um, they just look and say, okay, well, like, how's the budget? How's attendance? Okay, let's just keep going. You know, but to actually have seasons. And so we would do that in the summertime uh, of just pulling back and saying, okay, how are we actually doing? Are things actually working? Um, and, and really just evaluating and really just, and that's the season, you know, like in the farming analogy of sharpening the tools, you know, working on the tractors, making sure that everything, you know, is, is humming along. So that way you're able to go and, and you have to understand when that season is for your church or for your business um, so that you're able to continue to be a healthy organization. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So any final words on, on how people can reflect or learn from our mistakes? And here's reality. I mean, you and I probably both sat with tons of people listening. Um, it was very easy for me to, to say, okay, I'm learning from their experience or I won't make the same mistake. Um, but, but in reality, what, you know, what are some takeaways that, that you would invite people to consider as they, as they listen and, and reflect on what we talked about today? Well, I mean, one, I mean, I think this is a great self-evaluation question for yourself. So even if you are, you've planted a church or you're leading an established church or you're leading a company to just sit there and say, okay, what do I wish I would have known? And now that I know that, what changes do I need to make because of that? Right you know, ask some of the people closest to you who have worked with you and just say, Hey, what do you wish I would have known five years ago? You know, because the reason that question is, I, I think a helpful one is because it's not saying, Hey, what's one thing you want to tell me right now that I don't do well. Like right. you're creating a detachment in asking that question by saying, Hey, what's one thing that five years ago you wished I would have known. Right. Well, so the person then feels the freedom to say almost anything, you know, because it's for five years ago. You're right. telling five years yeah. ago, Casey, five years ago, Josh. And so that detachment, I think, makes that question really helpful instead of what's one thing I can improve on today. Right. Uh, because then, you know, so when, when she said that to me, I could see exactly what she was talking about. I didn't need any examples for it, even though she had several um, but I knew exactly what she was talking about, but I could also celebrate that I was a little bit different than I was 10 years ago, you know, that I had grown in that, but I could also see that there were some places to grow. And so I was less defensive about it. Right. Absolutely. And so I think that, I think that's why that's a helpful, that's just a helpful conversation, you know, cause yeah. I think too often when we ask for feedback, our teams don't want to give it to us because we're like, Hey, what's one area, you know, what's one thing. Yeah, how do I stink? And then we're going to get all defensive and, you know, yeah, or we'll be like, what's one thing you want me to stop doing? Right. <laughs> You know, well, Stop you know, being the way that you are. <laughs> man, that'd be such, oh man, that'd be such a terrible conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty much need you to not be that way any longer. 
Can you help me help you help me help yeah. you? So that's why I think that's a helpful question. What's one thing you wish I would have known five years ago? Right. <laughs> yeah, it is. That is great. Well, good. Well, everybody, thanks so much for stopping by for this episode of Leadership Conversations. We encourage you to reflect, to ask, to learn, to do life in community. Um, as we are rebuilding our website, we're going to have more opportunities for us to engage online. Uh, and we're working on a private Facebook group as well for you to be a part of so that you can learn together in a cohort. So we look forward to talking to you on the next episode of Leadership Conversations. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Cease. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, head on over to iTunes or Google Play to subscribe to our podcast. Also, head on over to our website at www.leaderconvos.com.